The one and, thing I didn't want to happen happened yeah. in this movie. Happy February! Welcome back to Subtitles On or Off. I'm Bailey. And I'm Jess. And we are happy to be entering the month of February. It's rom-com season. It We're going to get into it. The but month first, of love. Yeah. I mean, not not today's episode, but like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, sore subject. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, we did get some exciting news this week. We have the Oscars coming up. I think they're in... Are they in March? May? I don't know. Sure. But we did get the nominees this week, so we're we're looking forward. Um, we are happy to see that some of our like favorite movies from 2022 got some good nominations. So Top Gun Maverick got some. Um, Elvis, Austin Butler was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role. I love that for him that's, so much. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment just to be nominated um everything everywhere all at once got a ton of nominations well deserved and everyone kind of predicted that too so i'm glad yeah for sure everyone was talking about that that when the movie was coming out and the reviews and everything were saying it was in oscar conversations um so that one's nominated for best picture as well as michelle yo for actress in a leading role and then jamie lee curtis and stephanie sue for supporting roles yes so that's awesome and then um Black Panther Wakanda Forever got a few nominations, including our queen, oh, Angela Bassett. I'm so happy for her. I'm happy for her to be nominated. Um, I think she's been nominated before, but I'm I'm going to be honest. I don't think she's going to win. Really? No. Well, because she's up against, like I just said, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie mm-hmm. Sue because she's for a supporting role. Yeah. But she um, won the Globe. Like, she won the Golden that's Globes. That's true. That's typically a good indicator. It not always, it doesn't always pan out that like who wins the Golden Globe will also win the Oscar, but I think she's a front runner for sure. I think it'll come down to the nitty gritty on that. That's true. Um, The other two women nominated are Hong Chow for The Whale and Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin, which I haven't seen. Um, So I think it is between like Jamie Lee Curtis and Angela Bassett, to be honest. Yeah. And then for Best Picture, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Wow. I feel like that's a lot. Does that feel like a lot to it you? It does feel like a lot. I feel like it's usually like five. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> on it, I'm going to be real. I'm surprised Top Gun Maverick got in that category. I am too. I mean, I loved it, but like, but best it, picture? Really? It's, it's not best picture quality. Like, it's not on the same level as these other films. No. Because I feel like we've had conversations before about like movie versus film. Yes. Great movie, not a best picture award winning film. Right. Like, if you were gonna, th- if you're gonna throw Top Gun Maverick in there, you might as well throw in Black Panther, right? Forever right. in there, absolutely. Because I feel like it's on the same level. I mean, I haven't seen Avatar, but I feel like it's not gonna win. No, I also haven't seen a lot of these other movies. I feel like James Cameron has like, like he mon- just has like, like monopoly over the yeah. fucking industry. There's yeah. like, oh, we have to nominate him because he spent 12 years on this movie. Like, yeah, who cares? I feel like The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg. That's a good choice. Um... 
women talking mm-hmm. i've heard really good things about and same with the banshees of inishuran but i haven't seen any of them um so yeah that's what i have a at. i have a coworker that saw the fablemans and said she was like i don't really like it she was like honestly his life isn't that interesting <laughs> oh like, okay okay but yeah, I don't know. Elvis, I also don't think it's going to take it. I think maybe the Fablemans will take it just because Steven Spielberg. Right. Or um, the band Sheaf and a Sharon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but there's also everything everywhere all at once. I think that's a true. good contender. So yeah, that that'll is be true. really cool. Do you think Austin Butler is going to get Best Actor? Um, I don't know. I think it would be fun, but he's also up against Brendan Fraser for The Whale. True. And... So I think it's kind of between those two. Colin Farrell is up for the Banshees of Inisherin, and then there's two other nominees that honestly I don't recognize their names or the movies. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like I feel like it's between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. Yeah. For the pure work that it took to do those roles. Yeah. I hope Austin Butler gets it though. I think it'd be awesome if he did. I just would love that. Like <laughs> him coming from Disney Channel. Are you kidding me? And then like <laughs> yeah. playing Elvis, and then winning an oscar for it like iconic especially all the work he put into it not that brendan fraser didn't i i would be equally as happy if brendan fraser won too same, with same. everything he's been through but i just would i would personally love austin butler to win <laughs> yeah i think that'd be great it should be a good oscars i'm i'm excited about it and yeah, jimmy kimmel's hosting again Woohoo! can't believe they let him back in <laughs> <laughs> i love him <laughs> all right well are you watching anything fun this week I haven't watched that much this week because okay. I've had a busy week and I've kind of just fell into like watch what was on TV, just like reruns. Of for stuff. sure. For so sure. like I caught a couple reruns of Criminal Minds, some of that 70s show, just like random stuff. Um, But I did go to the movie the other day. Oh, you went to the movie theater? To the theater. Went to see my queen, Nicole Kidman, at AMC. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, what did you see? My roommates and I, we went and saw Megan. Oh. Yes, because choice. I really didn't have much interest in watching this movie. However, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score and I was like, what? And then yeah. all the critics reviews and just really everyone reviewing it as like a pretty good movie. And I was yeah. like, what? It got like 98 on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah. So that got me intrigued. I was like, what the hell? Um, so I went in. It was like a good movie. It was funny as hell. Really? That movie was so funny. Like, I, I, it was scary. I, I wasn't scared. Like, I, it actually wasn't that scary. Was it more suspense? Kind of. It was more like just creepy. Mm. But the parts where, like, they could have gone more horror, more gore, but they went comedy route. Cool mixed with just like jump scares so it was like comedy mixed with jump scares interesting um but it was so funny there was one point when this doll started singing titanium (laughs) and it just everyone was dying the theater crowd was great it was like full of people that some people were like talking during the movie but it was like it was like it was fitting. It was kind of like if you were having a watch party with your friends and someone made a funny comment about what just happened uh-huh. and then everybody heard it and like laughed at it. Okay. That was kind of the vibe. Okay. But it was one of those movies that it fit really well because like you didn't really need to pay attention that much. So I had a great time. I was laughing my ass off. It was funny. Cool. One of my roommates was scared. It was a great time. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. I love that. Yeah. So I would watch it again. I, we re, oh my God, we were leaving 
And I was like, I feel like if we watch this movie like two more times, we'll have some great quotes of just quoting this movie because oh, of nice. how funny and stupid it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's pretty good. Oh my god, I love that. So yeah. I haven't been to like the theater in so long. I I guess since we saw Wakanda Forever. Yeah, probably. But that'll change soon because Ant Man's coming out. Hey, we're gonna so I'm go excited see that. to go see that. Um but yeah, that's me. What cool. have you been watching? Okay, so I have been watching a few things. Um, obviously, I'm still watching Game of Thrones. I'm on season three, episode two or three. Oh, nice. A new um, season? Love it. Yeah, new season. Um, but I feel like nothing is happening. Like, <laughs> um, It does kind of take a lull, like in three. Yeah. A little bit. Um, which I'm noticing, which is fine. I just, I feel like it's it's hard to keep the momentum because there's some episodes in like, chunks of episodes where a lot is happening and then there's some episodes where I feel like nothing is happening yeah and there's a lot of like long monologue scenes and I don't know so whatever it's good I'm still watching it like in little bits I'm probably not gonna keep binging at the same pace unless it picks up again mm-hmm. um but I think yeah. once you get past three you'll start binging again oh okay yeah I, I hate the season three lull like yeah but, like, things start picking up in four or five, and especially, like, five, six okay. is, is good. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I see, like, the lead up to more things happening. Like, Daenerys is still, she hasn't even gone to, like, the Iron Throne yet. Um, mm-hmm. She's still traveling and stuff like that. And then there's still, like, Arya is still um, journeying or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like, she hasn't seen her family yet. And all this stuff is going on, so. Yeah, the whole thing with the Starks and, like, they're all separated and they all have a different storyline. Yeah, like, I need them to come back together, like. Yeah, hold, yeah. You're going to be waiting a long time. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. It's, like, the running thing of the show is if they'll ever see each other again. Are you serious? swear. Not to, like, ruin it for you, but I just don't want you (laughs) you to get disappointed. (laughs) It does, and it gets to a, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not going to tell you that, but, like. Don't tell me. Yeah. Okay, but I will say, because we talked about last week, I was like, please tell me that Sansa doesn't actually marry Joffrey. Uh And um, I watched the episodes where, like, Joffrey has a new fiancé or whatever. Like, they're not married yet. Or, like, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, Sansa is, like, off the hook for marrying Joffrey, but still kind of, like, in captivity in the castle. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm still watching that. And then I watched a couple of movies that I'm really excited to talk about. Oh, other than movies, before I get into the movies, um, I did watch, <laughs> I watched the first episode of season two of How I Met Your Father. Did you oh. ever watch that? Um, I honestly can't remember. I, maybe yes, I did watch it. I didn't like it, but I did watch it. I don't love it. Yeah. I do like it enough to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's cute. It's fun. It's different. It does make me laugh sometimes. Yeah. As cheesy as it is. Um, and it's a good, like, weekly release. Like, it's on Hulu, and they do weekly releases, so it's yeah. fun to, like, keep up that way. I think I did f- watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you checked it out. I don't know if you finished it. Yeah. Season one. And then I watched the first few episodes of that 90s show. You know what? I did, too. I did you really? What did you think? I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's not good. The only funny parts of it are Kitty and Red. Okay. I was going to say Icons. the same exact thing. They're yeah. the best parts. I'm so glad that they kept them because everybody else, like Eric and Donna and Jackie and Kelso, like popped in, mm-hmm. but they're not like in it, in it. And which I don't mind. 
Um, I I did love Jackie and Kelso's, like, cameo. Like, that whole scene was so funny to me. It was funny, but I just... I get that they, like, popped back into their characters, but I'm like, why are you in your 30s and you're still just as annoying as you were in high school? Yeah. Like, they didn't change at all. No. But anyways, yeah. Red and Kitty are (laughs) the best parts. I love them so much. I just watched episode... I don't know what episode it was, but um, (laughs) it was the episode where Kitty and the girl were, like, doing celebrity pasta names, and Kitty was like, Rigatoni Danza! (laughs) And I was like, why is that so funny? She's the best part. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's get into the movies I watched, because I want to talk about it. So, I watched this movie, Lou, on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's with Allison Janney and Journey Smollett, who's in Lovecraft Country and Spiderhead. Okay. And anyway, so it's about this woman, Lou, played by Allison Janney. And she's like, they kind of live like out in the boonies. And then um, Journey Smollett's character is like, she lives on Lou's property with her daughter. And her daughter gets kidnapped and basically she goes to Lou for help and she's like, we have to call the police. There's like a thunderstorm going on. The power's out, blah, blah, blah. She's like, we have to call the police, blah, blah, blah. And then Lou is going to help her track down her kidnapper in the woods and go track down her daughter. But we thought Lou was just like a little old lady hanging out at the house with a mm-hmm. dog. Like, and then you find out that she has all these special skills and where did she get these skills? And what are we like? She's going to track the kidnapper like through the woods and oh, intrigue. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And there's little hints and like questions along the way. And then you get obviously the reveal at the end and, um, a lot of good action and fighting scenes, but then also like, the whole time you're just wondering like who is this person right like who is Lou and what is her background and everything like that so that one was actually really good is it new on Netflix yeah it's pretty new okay so Lou it like just came out it's just called Lou just called Lou yeah on Netflix okay. I went to visit my parents and we sat down and we were like what should we watch and my parents were like oh we want to watch this movie I like how have I not even seen this on my like I don't know it's kind of weird on Netflix I hadn't seen it either yeah I hadn't even heard of it and my parents were like oh we want to watch this and I was like okay should we like watch a trailer and they were like we already watched it oh (laughs) oh (laughs) we we decided we want to watch it we just haven't had time and I was like okay great turn it on (laughs) so you know me I love not watching a trailer so I just sat down yeah (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting into (laughs) that's funny okay and then the other movie that I'm even more excited to talk about Bailey I can't even, like, describe how happy this movie made me. So it's called The Photograph. Okay. It came out in 2020. It came out for, like, literally Valentine's Day 2020. And I've seen clips and things about this movie for the longest time, and I've always wanted to watch it. And then this week, something else came up on, like, social media or Twitter or whatever, and I was like, I've been wanting to watch this movie, so let's just full send it. This is so familiar to me. What? Who's in it? What's it so, about? Okay, yeah. So um, it's Issa Rae yeah. from Insecure. The male lead is Lakeith Stanfield, who's the guy from Someone Great. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, this is the cover. You've seen this. Yes. Okay. Yes, there yes. we go. Okay. And so... I have been wanting to watch this movie and I saw something about it this week and I was like, screw it. I'm going to watch it. Like I've been wanting to. So I sat down, I rented it on Amazon. It was on sale for 99 cents. Oh, I said better. full cent. <laughs> um, 
and I didn't even watch the trailer beforehand. I've just, I like kind of remembered things yeah, that I've seen about yeah. it, but like whatever. <sighs> Bailey, I really think I need to watch it one more time before I, you know, stand behind this statement. But I really think this is like one of my new top five favorite movies. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I want to watch it again to see how it holds up it during a rewatch because, you know, I love a rewatch. Uh-huh. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It was one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Like, their chemistry was off the charts. Ooh. I was, like, squirming in my seat. Like, <laughs> it was so good. And I really loved the writing. And it was so raw and real. And they let there be, you know, silent pauses and real moments and eye contact and tension. And they it was so well done. Yeah. And then it was a gorgeous story that was, like, multi-generational about essentially the guy the male lead, he is writing an article and he goes to Louisiana and finds this guy that had information or whatever about the article he was writing. But then he learns of a story from this man and he's basically talking about this love that he lost previously in his life and he let her go and all he had was like this photograph. And the guy writing the article was like, I love this photograph and I want to use some of her other work in my article. And so then he goes back to New York and finds her daughter. And that's how he meets the, the female lead. And it's, but then they continue to tell the story of the mother and the guy and their love story. So are you getting those in like flashback scenes? Yes. Oh, so cute. It's so so cute and the girl who plays the mother in the flashbacks is uh shantae adams and she's in a league of their own she plays the girl that worked at the factory oh and wanted to play baseball the the amazon reboot of Uh a league of their own Yeah. yeah yeah and then the guy who plays the male lead in the flashbacks he's also an insecure so it was like a full circle moment and i was like isa (laughs) well the male lead like when you were telling me about how the eye contact and stuff like him in someone great he's amazing is so good he's amazing just like he's so good yeah like the scene in the in someone great when they just like are looking at each other having a full conversation and just like ah so Okay, got it. I will watch tonight. Okay. You've sold it to me. Photograph. Oh, fantastic. Great. Tell me what you think, because I really, like I said, I want to rewatch it, and I I really, really, really liked it. Yeah. Well, because I'm with you, and I remember seeing a lot about it. Yeah. And because it was COVID, I didn't really know. I, I guess it was the confusion of, like, where to watch it and uh-huh. where it came out and or whatever. Yeah. And, and then, then once wow. it came out on streaming, I kind of forgot about it. And then, like I said, I've just seen stuff about it on social media um like random quotes will pop up or whatever i just have to share you one of my favorite lines i don't think it's spoiling anything um but there's this scene where they're like kind of watching a movie but they're not together but then they talk about it afterwards and she was like what did you think and he was like honestly i was a little distracted oh and she was like oh really like what were you thinking about or whatever and he was like honestly i was trying to find a way to ask you out for a drink afterwards (laughs) Aww. And she was like, is that you asking me? He was like, well, yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. That's so smooth. Yeah, oh, my God, I, I love that. <laughs> um, That's so cute. So, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. I thought they did a great job. It was, like, great, like I said, great chemistry and everything. But then it wasn't as cheesy as other, like, multi-generational stories mm-hmm. were. I, I really enjoyed it. So I think you will, too. Oh, my God. Thanks for the recommendation. Absolutely. That sounds great. 
Um, so yeah, and then I also watched Veronica Mars. <gasps> okay, we're on episode three. If you are watching along with us, we're on episode we yeah, we just finished episode three. Mm-hmm. And then um so you can catch up and watch along with us and then you can tune in each week to hear what our thoughts on the episode. So yeah. Jess, what are your thoughts on episode three? Um, I thought this episode took a little bit of a turn. Yeah, the first kind of two boring, episodes. right? I mean... I was bored. Yeah, I guess boring. It wasn't as, like, juicy. Yeah. But, because we, I guess we just didn't get as much of information and into the pending storylines that we wanted. Yeah. But we did see a lot of, like, depressed Duncan. Yes, okay. And are you trying to tell me that if you don't take your antidepressants, you're going to start seeing your dead sister everywhere and, like, hallucinations? Yeah, that was a lot. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm... I don't know. Or I guess that he was having dreams. It was the dreams, right? Yeah. But then the doctor did say hallucinations. Yeah. So. Okay, early 2000s. Who doesn't know anything yeah. about antidepressants Cold turkey, or how antidepressants, they work. I don't know. Um, and then I see what you're saying about. Okay. One thing I want to talk about is like how last week you said that the case that she was working on as a PI kind of like tied into the rest of the storyline. And Mm -hmm. I felt like this week it didn't. Not at all. It was just a one-off case. That's why I felt like I found myself getting on my phone during the case scenes. Mm. And I was like, okay, Bailey, pay attention. So I don't care about this kid's dad. Yeah. The kid was just like trying to pull one over on Veronica and then ended up like pulling one on himself about how the dad wasn't dead. Yeah. And then what a twist (laughs) they took on that. What an early 2000s twist because I didn't think we were having open conversations about transgender people yeah and at that time yeah and they just fully wrote it into episode three and i was like okay yeah well and what i was thinking about literally on my drive here actually to talk about this episode is i love how veronica is just like the chillest girl ever oh yeah nothing phases her like gay transgender like you cheated on your wife motorcycle gay (laughs) nothing she doesn't care and i'm like Kristen bell is the most like just she just loves everything like, yeah, anti-problematic person ever. Oh my god, for sure. Um, so yeah, that was a really interesting tidbit into the episode. But I also love that they didn't really focus in on it too much in a negative way. You know, like he said the one comment of like circus freak, which was not cool, right? But then other than that, he like reached out later at the end of the episode to have a relationship with his father well i loved what veronica said in the car afterwards is she was like your dad drives 90 miles to see you for a few seconds yeah and i wish i knew that my mom felt the same way about me yeah and i just got goosebumps that was so sweet yeah she's the best so i thought that was great that she kind of like brought it back around because it is a lot to wrap your head around i'm sure yeah and i i like i feel like we understood why the mom cut the dad out of all the photos and I guess pretended like they were dead um but yeah anyway so that case didn't really have anything to do with like the greater storyline unless that kid is gonna be a character from now on yeah but well I I think think I could argue that maybe it led into Veronica at the end of the episode going to find her mom Oh, right. Because it kind of reminded her of, like, a parent that cares versus her parent who doesn't. And she wanted answers of why. Because she finally brought it up to her dad that she knew that she was at the hotel with Jake Kane. And then she left and went to Arizona to try to see her mom. And her mom wasn't there. And her mom left. That sucked. And so that that did suck a lot. Um, I thought we were going to get a lot more information on 
the Lily investigation because of the ending of episode two when we found out her time of death was wrong. Right. And we, like, got zero progress on that. Yeah, I think all we got was just, like, we saw more into Duncan and, like, his life at home. And the dinner scene with his parents when he was, like, talking about the dog and how they got rid of the dog. And just, like, his mom every morning being, like, take your medicine, do this, do that. Like Yeah, like, I don't think we needed all of that. Like No, unless it's just trying to build, like, build Duncan's character for the future of us understanding why he is the way he is. And he was drinking a lot, too. Yeah. So let's talk about, what do you think about the guy that Veronica is, like, going out with? Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. Because they were, like, having vibes, and then she didn't kiss him after the date. The rejected kiss. Yeah. That was so awkward. I thought he handled that really well, though. Absolutely. Oh, my God. He still, like, opened her car door. Yeah. Like, uh, adult men don't know how to do that. Like, um, I thought that they had good vibes, and I like that he is smart enough to see the stupidity of Duncan and Logan and, like, all of them, and isn't really, like subscribing to their bullshit yeah but it's still like friends with them yeah yeah and like can hang but like doesn't get in on like when they trash talk veronica or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's he thinks veronica is cool um but then she went back to his house later and kissed him so that was cool but then duncan like saw them like kissing at school and then like jumped off the bleachers and then hurt himself obviously yeah i think you make a good point about like developing duncan's character with like the antidepressants and the dreams about lily and then the drinking and him like falling off the bleachers and Mm -hmm. then like him making out with that girl in the car and then calling her veronica (laughs) oh yeah yeah um the sex dream that veronica had about duncan oh yeah (laughs) they're really laying in this duncan thing well, and then in the car when Veronica was taking Duncan to the hospital and he was like, do you remember how it used to be like before Lily? And then Veronica had her like inner monologue moment. Mm-hmm. And then all she said was like, no, not really. And like shut it down. And yeah. I was like, good for you, girl. I think it is developing like little moments between Veronica and Duncan to like either bring them back together or at least go from how before they were dating and friends with Lily and everything and then everything with Lily happened and then I don't think we've seen the full fallout of what happened after Lily's death and like how they broke up and everything like that but we saw in the, in episode one they were not on speaking terms right they like wouldn't even look at each other right and then now little things are happening where they're back in each other's lives and like um I guess reigniting that conversation between yeah. each other but I don't really know where it's going well, what I'm thinking timeline-wise is didn't the party where Veronica got raped happen very shortly after, like, her dad got fired as being sheriff and Lily thing? Because she was like, I went to this party to show them that they didn't phase me and that, you know, yes. I'm going to stay who I am and whatever. And she went there and was just, like, kind of treated like shit the whole time. And then yes. she got drugged and then she got raped. Right. And then she left and then she was, like, a changed person after that. So I feel like something may have gone down at that party more than than just the rape itself like things because we haven't seen how that whole night unfolded and i think that's the turning point with duncan and veronica and maybe the rest of the friend group do you think that her and duncan were broken up before that party i don't know Hmm. that's yeah Yeah. that's what i'm interested to find out yeah because i don't know but yeah I mean, we just we just didn't, like, get a lot of info this episode. I know. But it's and I'm, setting us up. Yeah, and I'm starting to lose hope on my Logan and Veronica enemies to lovers thing. Like... I don't know. Logan was barely in this one. So I'm kind of feeling like I they're... I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> He's such an asshole. I really hope that... Yeah. 
I'm assuming, I like just looking at the IMDb, I know he sticks around mm. for the whole show. So I'm like, surely he becomes a better person. But right I've, now, not so much. We'll but they're really laying into this Duncan thing. And I'm like, what is Well, yeah, I think it's important more so for like the Lily case and yeah. like the development of that. True. For right now. I don't know if he's going to be important forever. Right. I'm uh, interested to see what the next episode is about, and hopefully the PI case ties in a little bit more to the episode. But this episode basically just ended with uh, Veronica driving home, like, crying from leaving her mom, yeah. and her mom wasn't there. What do you think about the dad, like, basically flirting with her guidance oh, counselor? Oh, the guidance counselor. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. That's interesting. I'm kind of like, get yours, dad. Like, okay. I am too, but I think that there's, like, a major conflict of interest oh. with, like, the fact that she's the guidance counselor. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> interested to see where that's going to go. Yeah. But also, did we ever reach the, – is the – no, the dad – okay, uh, the Canes, the mom, uh-huh. came to the dad in the first episode – to look into Jake Kane, like, because thinking her husband was cheating on her. Right. Did the dad just not, not accept that case whenever he saw that the mom was seeing Jake Kane? No, I'm pretty sure he was still looking into it as a favor for the wife. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that case is still happening because that hasn't been brought up lately. Hmm. I just thought about that. Well, it's also possible that, like, he wrapped it up, gave her the info about the motel and whatever he could find, mm-hmm. and then. We just haven't seen, like, anything else come from it, like, because we're not, I guess we got a little peek into the Kane family, but I don't know about would she confront him or whatever, but it's also entirely possible that, like, as soon as um, Keith Mars, I think is his name, because I'm like, if we're talking about, like, certain dads, it's like, yeah, so if we're talking about um, Keith Mars, I think that there's a possibility that he just dropped the case as soon as he found out that his wife was involved. Yeah. And just said, like, maybe told Mrs. Kane, like, I'm not going to go any further on this. I don't really know. Yeah. Huh. We'll see if that comes back up. I don't know. Only time will tell. Yes. I guess the downfall of only watching one episode at a time. I know. (laughs) But speaking of only time will tell, we got a Teen Wolf movie. Finally. Um, so we did an episode... (laughs) Already, where we kind of talked about, like, the announcement of the Teen Wolf movie, who was confirmed, who wasn't. We kind of made some predictions and just shared some thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. So that and was season one, episode four, if you want to go back and listen, because we did talk about our love for the show um, and just kind of prefaced all of that with more information on the show and then a few predictions for the movie. Yeah, because at the time of, we recorded that episode, we didn't have a trailer we had a vague-ass synopsis, and we had, like, a couple confirmed cast members. And even since we recorded that, more cast members were confirmed. Mm-hmm. We got a trailer. And we, we were, like, listening back to our episode, and that synopsis was so vague and was nothing at all no. what the movie was about. No. Yeah, because we made a few predictions, like, based off of the synopsis, and we were so... I mean, I think the synopsis was wrong. I think the script changed after that was released. Yeah, because I would agree with the that. synopsis gave this vague info as like this new threatening villain comes to Beacon Hills that calls the you know needs all the werewolves and the banshees, banshees. and everyone to yeah. come back to Beacon Hills, and it's like that's not happened at all. No. And then we made predictions for why Crystal Reed was in it and Allison coming back. We were very wrong about those. Yep. Um, 
The one thing I didn't want to happen happened in this movie. We'll get into that later. (laughs) It, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Should we talk about the Dylan O'Brien of it all and just get that out of the way? Okay. Yeah. You know me. I know. This is. We were both upset. We knew, we knew, we knew that he was not going to be in it, unfortunately. (laughs) And we still had hope. I have a funny story. I went into work the next day because I was talking all about the movie coming out. And I went into work the next day and one of my coworkers was like, how was the movie? I was like, ugh. She was like, he wasn't in it? I was like, no. And I was like, you know, in their defense, though, they did tell us he wasn't in the movie. We really thought we really thought it was gonna be like a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, yes. Spider Man situation. I fully expected to have a screaming, gasping, jaw on the floor Me moment too. with Dylan O'Brien popping up on that screen. And alas he did not. So a bummer, to say yeah, the least. I know. Just to, just to get out of the way, otherwise we're gonna be talking about it the whole episode I know. because Yeah, we did have high hopes. I don't know why we we're so naive. Like they literally told us, but I know. I just think we just thought, like, like we had said previously, it's just not going to feel like Teen Wolf without Styles. No. And honestly, it didn't. It didn't. It was not good. No. Um, and we we knew it, but I think we, we really knew it when he wasn't in the flashbacks either. Right. So there were quite a few flashbacks to the show that were, like, very recognizable scenes that we both know and love. And he was nowhere to be seen. Just like cut out of it. I think his hand made it in one of the shots, <laughs> but like not his face. Yeah. And so there was a few, there's a, a little bit of mention of him as a character because mm-hmm. obviously like his dad and everybody were still in it. Um, but I don't know. It just felt weird. What was interesting about the people that did mention him was Derek mentioned him to Sheriff Stalinsky being like, you know, who could help us with this case? Your son. And then he was like, Styles has more than enough on his plate right now. He can't deal with this. And then we got mention of it with Lydia, which let's dive into that later. But what I find interesting is that Scott never once mentioned Styles. Oh, my God. You're right. And that is weird. That is weird. There they, wasn't even, they couldn't even fake a phone call. Right. Being like, don't worry, man. I got this under control. You handle what you're working on. Like, nothing? crazy nothing but yeah so Lydia okay look the one thing I said in our previous episode was that they better not break up Styles and Lydia or change this story and they broke them up (laughs) for the dumbest reason I mean a sweet reason but stupid yeah so what Liddy's having this nightmare that they get in a car accident and Styles dies and she has it over and over and over and over again. And since she's a banshee, I get it. She's like she predicts death essentially. Yeah. But her whole theory is if I'm never if we're not together, I won't be in the car with him and he won't have to die. I'm yeah. like, did you tell Styles this? Apparently she didn't tell anybody this. Because it was the this longing pain she was holding in that ugh. I don't know. I I feel like a lot of people do that where they're like they think that they're the reason for pain in the relationship so they just take themselves out of the equation yeah so i i get it and you're right she's a banshee and she predicts death and they said in the movie like well when it happens over and over and over again it's not just a dream it's a premonition Mm -hmm. so i feel like as far as excuses for not having styles and as far as reasons for a breakup like it makes sense it makes more sense that she blames it on a dream and a banshee premonition than just like oh i left it it. didn't work out right (laughs) 
That's fair. But I felt like it was very unnecessary and didn't really add to the story. I think the only thing... The only thing I can think of of why they did it that way is that she hadn't screamed since she broke up with Styles. That was a big indicator yep. of her being like, I haven't used my powers. And then it got, when she released that pain, it got her to use her powers, right. I guess. Right. But I felt like that was unnecessary. What it, like, she could have just never felt the pain and then just always had her powers. And then we could have wrapped this up real quickly. Like, <laughs> it just like adds another layer to the storyline, Bailey. A stupid layer. And I was thinking, because I was sitting next to you as we were watching this movie, and I'm like, this is some bullshit. And I was like, hopefully, maybe at the end of this, like, she better go back to him. Like, have a realization, like, Mm -hmm. I need you, whatever, and I'm thinking stupid. And maybe we'll get, like, a sneak peek of her, like, calling him, being like, or her talking to Scott, being like, yeah, I'm going to go visit Styles in Quantico or whatever. And, like, nothing. We didn't get any of that. We didn't get any of that. Mm-mm. We actually didn't get any closure with, like, Lydia or really anybody. No, not really. <sighs> okay. Okay, let's talk about, like, overall storyline. Because, like we okay. said, it was not what we expected. Um, my first thoughts are, I think that they were smart to bring back a villain that already existed. Agree. Because... I think that if they had introduced a new villain, a new beast of Jivadon, like a new crazy thing, I felt like it would have felt too sensational. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, now we're just making up shit in the supernatural world as a reason for you guys to come back to Beacon Hills. So I thought it was smart to play off of all of the information that we already had with the Nagitsune, the Triskelion, the Nematon. Like they brought it all back, the which Oni, was kind of cool yeah. and like nostalgic. And so... That being said, personally, I think that the actual writing was not good. Bad. Bad. Like, I was sitting there and I was like, was the show this bad? Because I think I felt like the show was better. Yeah. Here's what I think. I don't think, which is actually kind of funny because the show was created as a reboot s- series off of a movie. Right. And I don't think these characters and the way these stories are told works as a movie. It felt too fast. It felt rushed. There were holes. There were, like, plot holes in the story. There was lack of closure. Mm -hmm. There was lack of, like, relationship building, Mm -hmm. like, dialogue between characters. It was just so rushed. I feel like if they did this as, like, another season and it led to a whole thing of bringing Allison back and we got to go find her and we got to do this, it would have been a great show. Like that's a great point. I feel like the writers and, like, Jeff Davis specifically and his whole idea of all of this works great in 10 episodes, but not in a two-hour movie. No, because, like you said, like, there's just too many characters and... It you can't cover all of them in one movie. It's kind of like how I'm watching Game of Thrones and I get like five minutes of each character because they're all in a different place. Right. And you learn their journey over the course of the season. And so like same thing with Teen Wolf is we had multiple characters, multiple relationships. And yeah, they had to cover a lot in this little movie. And I don't know. It felt really... it Like, I feel like... It could be fine, but where I really took issue was, like, the actual writing of the lines. Mm-hmm. Like, it it was easy. It was it fell flat. It was easy and it was cheesy. And it was just, like, I just felt like it was better before. Yeah. I think, too, they really upped the cheese for nostalgic reasons. Yeah. Because they did a lot of... 
lines. They did a lot of callback lines to the show. And I agree. There were some cheesy lines. But there were some cheesy lines that I really liked. Like, one of my favorite ones (laughs) was in the very beginning when Deaton is, like, trying to save these kids. And there's, like, a a dog trying to bite him or whatever. Uh He's like, oh, I'm going to call in my specialist. We call him the Alpha. And then later the guy's like... Like the dog, and then there's a long dramatic pause. <laughs> oh my god! And Deaton goes, the, like a wolf. It's <laughs> like I literally, I think we were all sitting there and we all said it. Yeah, it was like we said it before he said I it. Like. <laughs> so that just shows one example of the cheese level of lines they had. Right. But I agree. I thought the writing was not good, and I feel like it was better in the show, yeah. in certain seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, to think about, you know, how witty and funny Styles as a character was, which obviously we were completely lacking here. They tried really hard to replace him with Eli. Yeah. And it, I didn't like it either. And so to think about how witty of a character he was and his banter with Derek and all that stuff. And then even, like, Lydia had you know, funny little quips sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like her writing in this movie. And then I think you make a great point that everything felt rushed with the whole Allison thing to go from Allison being in between to Allison's alive to Allison's hunting to, oh, just kidding. We're good. And we're going to work together against the only, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. This was another thing that I felt like the show did a lot of is they would have multiple villains that they were fighting in one season and it got really confusing. Yeah. And they started to do that here where like, yes, the Nugitsune and the Oni were all working to create Allison to kill Scott and all of them. So they were working together, but it was like they were fighting two different, like they were fighting Allison and they were fighting the Nugitsune and then... You had to, like, convince Allison she was fine, like, who she was. Yeah. While also, like, everyone's getting disappeared by the Oni and, like, going yeah. underneath a lacrosse stadium. Like, it was so confusing. And Allison's mom was weirdly popping up as the Nogitsune. That was weird. Like, that was weird. And speaking of the Nogitsune, I, I thought it was really smart, like you said, that Jeff Davis decided to bring that villain back. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's heavily mistaken when the fans say the Nogitsune is their favorite villain. What we mean is Boyd Styles yes. as the Nogitsune yes. is our favorite villain. Yes. And yes, the Nogitsune is cool and all that, but it's just it doesn't it's not the same if Styles isn't the one that's being controlled by him. Yeah. And another thing that you just like brought back to mind was the complexity of the Nagitsune as a character or like as a villain plus void styles and we really didn't get there was too much going on we really didn't get any of that in the movie because mm-hmm. now I'm remembering like things like the scene in the big white room with the tree stump the nematon and they're like playing chess they're playing the, go like the game oh they're playing yeah. go you're right yeah and so so there were references to go mm-hmm. but I just remember like it was such a complex head game with the Nogitsune and the way that he took over Styles and like the scene where Styles' mouth is duct taped and he starts crying and mm-hmm. Melissa takes the tape off and he's like, really, <sighs> Melissa? Oh, my God. Like it, st- things like that were what made us fall in love with him as a villain. Yeah. And we didn't get any of that in this yeah. movie. And like we don't really care about the Oni. The Oni were just like his bitches anyway. Yeah. Like the Nogitsune. And then 
So in season three with the Nogitsune, the way they killed him was through the whole divine move thing, which they called out a lot in this movie. Yeah. But basically how they killed him was Scott bit him. And essentially that's what killed him. And they locked his little firefly thing in the little jar. Yeah. And then when he comes out and then they're like, oh, when you bit me, blah, blah, blah. And he takes his head wrap off and is like a Nogitsune slash werewolf now. And it was the ugliest creature ever. Yeah. It was so stupid. I was like, why didn't this work in season three? Yeah. Why is it all of a sudden? It's like they were just reaching for storylines at this point. Yeah, I agree. It was so dumb. It felt like there were, like, five different climaxes in this movie. Yeah. And never really a closure resolution moment. <laughs> no, the lack of closure was outrageous. Yeah. Like, I want to know where all these characters are going. Like, we didn't even know that Scott was living in L.A. until, you know, well, we knew, obviously, the beginning of the movie. But, like, I don't know. It was just, I didn't really like it. Like, I don't I even want to watch it again. Like. Yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I don't want to watch it again. But, uh, in our previous episode when we were making predictions, we were talking about where Scott would be in his life. Oh, yeah. And I, I think at one point I said, oh, he's, like, working at the animal clinic with Deaton still, <laughs> which I was kind of on the nose yeah, on that. they were working together. Yeah, it wasn't in Beacon Hills, but it was in Los Angeles, but he was uh, working at a vet clinic yeah. with Deaton. I, I do like that they are still friends and that they still have a relationship. I do, too. I've always loved their relationship. Um, And I like that Deaton came back and, like, was still an advisor I mean, I think the thing that they did do well was they got so many of the cast back that we got to see, like, Argent and uh, Peter coming back. Let's talk about Peter. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yes, please. Okay, so Ian Bowen was not confirmed until later in the timeline. So, like, at the time that we recorded our first episode when we were um, making predictions, he wasn't confirmed. And I honestly, I didn't think I'd miss him that much, but having him in it made me really happy. Yes. Uh, you forget how much Peter really brings yeah. to this story and this yeah. cast. Ian Bone is a fantastic actor. Like, we, I remember we were sitting there and we were like, how is this Ryan in Yellowstone? Yeah. Like, how did he jump right into his character again? The like, And it's interesting because you would think that, you know, there's some characters... Scott, for instance, where you're just like, okay, that is Tyler Posey. That's how Tyler Posey talks. That's a normal guy. Right. And then you see roles like Peter and not that he's that much different or dramatic or really an accent, but even just like his cadence and his sass and the emphasis that he puts on words, like he did such a great job and I forgot how like complex Peter as a character is. Yeah. Um, and actually thinking about Ian Bowen and like Ryan and Yellowstone and everything like that kind of made me wonder, it did make me think about everybody else that came Mm -hmm. back to their character. Like, do you think that they knew it so well and they just slipped right back in? Do you think that they like had to rewatch footage and be like, oh Mm. yeah, this is my character, like to get back into it? Cause it's been like five years. It's been a while. Um, Honestly, I don't know. I feel like maybe some of the later cast members in the show probably had to because they weren't playing the character as long. That's a good point. Um, I think Tyler, not so hard. Um, Holland slipped probably right back in. Shelly Hinnig, maybe, for Malia. Yeah. Um, But, like, Sheriff Selinsky and, like, Mama McCall, probably not just because, like, I feel like their character is just, their, like, how yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. 
I maybe Tyler Tyler Hecklin, I think probably just fell right back into it because mm-hmm. he's done. A, I mean, he was Superman on the CW for a while. I know. I didn't like him as Superman. No, I never watched it. But I was like, you have the face for Superman. I get it. You could be a Clark Kent. Yeah, I guess. Um. But yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, because I felt like Lydia even. Um, not that I've really seen her in any other roles, but just listening to her talk, she does have a specific cadence and like voice when it comes to things. And same with Malia too. Um, and it just makes me wonder, like, I, I think acting is actually really cool yeah. and like to be able to switch from character to character is really cool. So I just think about things like that. I was yeah. just wondering, but, um, to have everybody come back and, we also got a few new characters, which we'll talk about. Um, but Peter came back and Mason came back was the other one that wasn't confirmed oh, right, yet. Right. Um, yeah. Which Mason working at the sheriff's station as a deputy, that was... Honestly, that was not the path for him. They just needed to give him a reason to be there. Yeah. And it was unnecessary. And, okay, I want to talk about Liam because yes. Liam and Mason are besties. I don't think they had one scene together in this no. movie. No. And Liam, in and of itself, like, he had, what, four speaking lines? This was my issue. It's, like, they focused so heavily on Eli, and I was, like, I could have done with more Liam. Yeah. Because Liam was, like, funny. Liam was slowly becoming the witty styles and, like, not knowing what you're doing in life thing. Um, But I just, I'm shocked at how little he was there to help. I mean, he did show up to save Derek and the the hallway right or something early on he like grabbed an arrow yeah um and he that was pretty much it yeah that was pretty much it like i i really liked him as scott's beta mm -hmm. and the dynamic that they had and we didn't get any of it and i really didn't like that i mean i get it it's a natural progression we a didn't address hayden and b really didn't get to know his new girlfriend but i really didn't like that they just basically Introduced another Asian girl as a kitsune. Yeah. And completely did not address Kira at all. And I don't know that the pack needs, requires, has a hunger for a kitsune at all. Right. Um, I just felt like they just need, needed to throw that in there. I felt like they needed a kitsune in the storyline so they could pull the whole shooting Scott with the arrows, but he had Foxfire armor, and they needed sure. a kitsune to be able to do that. And they couldn't afford or didn't want to pay Arden Cho, and so they just hired another Asian actress, who I'm sure they paid shitty, Yeah, who had, again, three speaking lines, maybe. Yeah. Just a weird eye contact with Scott <laughs> at the end, and that's it. It was... I mean, my favorite scenes between Liam and her was that opening scene at the bar. Yeah. When some guy shows up and is like, when is a door not a door? Like that whole like classic riddle thing. Yeah. That was the coolest scene with them. Everything else would just fell flat. And I was like, why are you here? I'm like, Liam, you're not even helping anybody. Have you even talked to Scott? I don't even think they had a conversation. Seriously. Seriously. Like I could have at least used because Scott was in LA and it seemed like he hadn't been back to Beacon Hills for a while. He didn't even tell his mom he was coming. I felt like a reunion scene would have been nice. Yeah. With like him and Liam, even him and Derek, maybe they gave each other like a nice little handshake or whatever. But like, I don't know. I just, 
it didn't feel right. Yeah, it was weird. There was no like group powwow at Scott's house or whatever to like figure out the plan. Everyone right. was just running everywhere being like, oh, I need to go find Derek. And then they show up somewhere and Derek's not there, but they run into Lydia. It's like, what? It it was so messy. Yeah. And didn't make any sense. But okay, I want to talk about Eli because you've mentioned how you didn't really like him. Yeah. Okay, I, I could grow to like him as a character. I just didn't like the way that they used him they the way that they basically replaced liam and styles and just really focused on him yeah i just didn't really need it but that's okay i i liked how what i liked about how they were trying to make him into styles is i I like how derek had a son and he was just like the one person he hates so much (laughs) like that was my favorite part of it yeah is that derek is just this stone cold like just has this wall up kind of guy and then he like has a son who is just witty and sarcastic uh-huh. and just like rebellious is obsessed with the jeep and yeah. it's <laughs> it is bad at lacrosse like all of it is just so funny to me and i i see what they were doing with it and he did make me laugh at times but he's no Dylan O'Brien, so it just didn't right. really work but i thought it was sweet with the play with Derek and that connection between it um but I I felt like they focused in on him so much because it was called Teen Wolf and he was the teen that mm. was and I liked his whole struggle with becoming a wolf. I really liked his and Derek's moments together. I did too. I liked seeing Derek as a father. That was really sweet. Um so I loved their whole dynamic and their whole storyline of like being scared to turn in front of him and how the son is a werewolf but every time he turns he passes out it's like and then we learn why because of Derek and all that stuff I agree that was a really cool moment I thought it was interesting that we obviously we love Derek so much and like he's been a character for so long and then his son is such the focus point I thought that was you know I guess it was well done for the storyline but my thing is like why was he such a focal point and we still don't know who his mother is (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And why is it that this was sweet that when Derek was hurt, which we gotta talk about the Derek of it all, but when Derek was hurt, all he was saying to everybody was Eli, go to the go to the auto shop, get Eli. Yeah. All he kept saying was Eli. All he cared about was his son, which yeah. I thought was so sweet. And everyone was just standing around being like, We gotta help you and I'm like, This fifteen year old is about to get hunted. Like, you need to go find him. Yeah. Like none of them had urgency to go find this kid. No, this is why your pack is so big. Split up and conquer. Right. Like And I'm like, he's a fifteen year old who doesn't know how to turn, doesn't know how to protect himself and you're worried about Derek right now like yeah. he'll be fine yeah there's about 10 other people in the room like Scott get your ass over to the auto shop <laughs> which eventually he did but very like very late yeah and just like <laughs> just like oh and then just walk over there like no urgency <laughs> at all it was so annoying crazy um, so Derek Derek they really took us on a roller coaster with him man yeah dude I cried I cried when he died oh yeah which time when he died the first time (laughs) or the second time because what the hell I cried when he died the first time (laughs) and then it was like just kidding yeah he's not dead yeah um and then everybody died yeah everybody did a Thanos snap fingers moment um but just kidding they were like in the underworld and then Derek died for real, dude. Dude, sacrificed himself yeah. for his son. That was sweet. And saved Scott. He's like... Okay, I want to talk about his eyes, though. Oh, when he, like, turned... Okay. His eyes turned red. This is... Yeah. Why? I don't know. Well, here's what I was thinking in that moment when 
he was holding back the Nagitsune and Parrish went up there to like light him up. And Derek was like kind of flaming and his eyes had turned. I thought he was turning into a hellhound. Oh. But he wasn't. He was dying. Weird. But is it because he sacrificed himself that he got the true out al- the alpha moment? That's what I felt. I felt like the true alpha moment was like the sac- the selfless act of yeah. the sacrifice. Which is also cool. Yeah. I don't think he needed to sacrifice himself. I'm like, you did this whole movie to bring Allison back and to kill Derek? Why? Because like, how do you get a true alpha? It's something to do with... Well, like, I you can become an alpha when you kill another alpha, but I forget how Scott became a true alpha. I think it's just, like, in you. I honestly don't remember, but I don't think you can be a true alpha if you've killed someone, and Derek has killed people, so I don't know. Yeah, but Scott also has, too. I don't think he has before he became the true alpha, though. Maybe that's it. Maybe you become a true alpha before without killing an yeah. alpha. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to look it up, see what Jeff Davis has to say about it if Derek did become a true alpha at the end. I just think that, like, the eyes have always been such a meaningful symbol that, like, it can't mean nothing. So I was just curious, but... Yeah. Which I liked the play into the eyes when Eli, Scott, and Derek were all fighting Nogitsune at the end. And they were locked in this, like, illusion rooms, and it all matched the colors of their eyes. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was cool. I didn't see the point of that whole scene either. That was just dumb. I think it was just to show, like, like how we were talking about how we didn't really get the complex mind games of the Nagitsune. Yeah. I think it was to show that, that, like, he can still put on the illusion and yeah. stuff. But, well, again, during this whole scene and the fight on the Nemeton, everybody else is just standing around. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like I really felt like if, like, Derek held him... Like, where was Liam? Liam is also a wolf. Where yeah. was Malia? She's a were coyote. I just feel like if Derek held him, Allison shot a few more arrows in there, and then he was, like, sort of subdued and pinned down, then Jer- um, Jordan could set him on fire, and we could be done with it, and Derek didn't have to die. Right. If Lydia just maybe screamed and made him, like, hold his head still for a little bit, and then Paris just went on them, no one would have had to die. Yeah. If I can get, get me in this writer's room, I could write about better <laughs> ending. Because... That la- that final shot before they like when they were going to fight him and they all had their like little wolf growl moment. It was Derek, Scott, and Eli, and that's it. No Liam. No Liam. I was like, where no is Liam? No Malia. Peter was there. He didn't like. They're all werewolves. What the hell? Yeah. It made because I was like ready for a big pack moment. I was ready yeah. for Lydia to get ready to scream. Like everybody, yeah. like Allison with her arrows. Give me Malia as a coyote. Where's like... The, like the Kitsune? Like maybe use some of your powers yeah. while you're here. Like. What? No, nobody did anything. It was no, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe because it was they were only fighting one person. Although the Nagitsune is, like, a very strong villain. Yeah. But, like, at the end of season six, when everybody comes back and everybody's, like, fighting together, which I guess we got a little bit of that when they were all fighting the Oni. Yeah. But not the same. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, because Argent showed up with silver bullets and they were taking out the Oni one by one. I mean, it was done in yeah. five minutes. Listen, Daddy Argent, he, he ain't looking as good as he used to. That's true. He didn't look bad. I'm just saying he used to be like, when he would pop into those scenes with like fire and bullets away, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, So another thing we had talked about in our previous episode was if Scott and Malia would still be together. Oh, yeah. And clearly they're not. <laughs> Oh, my God. I was not prepared for, like, the rating on this movie. Oh, my, oh my God. Yeah. We didn't even talk 
about that. There was like, they were saying fuck. They were saying shit. There was, there were butts. There were asses <laughs> in this movie. Specifically Malia and Jordan's. Whoa. Like, I think the first like motherfucker we got out of someone, I yeah. was like, whoa. whoa. I did. I liked that parts of the movie. I was like, I yeah. did too, because I do feel like it was like natural for the characters. Um, but I was not prepared for the naked butts. Yeah. I was also, naked butts aside, I was not prepared for Malia and Jordan. Yes. What the hell? But as I was watching it, I was like, I guess it makes sense. It does make sense. I'm just glad it wasn't Parrish and Lydia because they were trying to I hated that. give them chemistry. And well, that was sus as fuck because like she was in high school. Right. <laughs> right. But that it was just weird. And I was like, okay, again, I don't care about really either of them. So live their life. Yeah. But what I did like is that we finally, for the first time in Teen Wolf history, got an awkward exes reuniting moment yes. between Scott and Malia. Yes. Because we never got that with Styles and Malia. When, like, I don't even remember the moment Styles and Malia broke up. I don't know. They either. just did. Yeah. And then they were just still doing what they were they normally were just doing. Like friends. Just not making out anymore. Like, yeah. It was weird. I mean, speaking of exes, they brought Jackson back. For, for what? Why? Well, that's the thing is, like, we knew that he was confirmed on the cast list, but honestly, I thought that he was going to be, like, a much smaller part than he was. Yeah. Like, tell me why he got more talking moments than the Liam. Liam. <laughs> I love that this has become a Liam Stan account, which, like, yeah. I Liam was ever my favorite, but still. I just felt like he got snubbed in this. I like. agree. But Jackson, really? Like, what is it? Why is Lydia such pals with Jackson now? That's the weird thing is that, like, she, like, obviously they were together, and then the whole thing with the Canama, and then, I don't know, he, like, tried to kill them all. Like, he was a psycho. Like, yeah. Well, they brought him back at the for the finale in right. season six, which, again, was stupid. Did they not know that everyone hated Jackson? Right. No one liked him. That's we what I don't understand. Back. Like, you know, who we needed back was Isaac. That's who you should have brought back. Oh, my God. Isaac, baby. That's that my, my man. Seriously. Okay. But I will say Jackson had some funny lines. Like, it, I feel like he was some comedy moments, but... I think he was funny. I think it was also funny when everyone, like, hated him. Or, like, yeah. I was like, why is Jackson? Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that scene, okay, when Jackson came in, so like Lydia and Scott and Argent and maybe no, not Dean yet. They were all kind of at Scott's house talking about the whole Allison situation, which we'll get into. But they were talking about how Lydia hadn't like was like, oh, you can just scream, and she's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't used my powers, and they're like, why? And then Jackson just walks in and is like Styles, and then I got all excited. I was yeah. Like, what about Styles? But apparently Jackson and Lydia are like besties and like all up on each other's lives. Yeah, but then all Scott said after Jackson said Styles was, "Why is Jackson here?" Which one? It was funny, but yeah. I'm like, you're just gonna breeze over the Styles comment, right? Like, you're gonna acknowledge your best friend at all? That, but also like the fact that Jackson knows more about Lydia's relationship than anybody else. Yeah. And like obviously, then Scott knows about Styles. Yeah. Either. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Um, I don't know. I just, it was too much Jackson for me. A scene that did make me chuckle, which even when I was laughing at it, you were like, it wasn't that funny. Why are you laughing? <laughs> is I really did call you out on that. I'm you so did. sorry. I thought it was funny. Lydia and Jackson go to the sheriff's station to try to find Stalinsky or whatever to see what's going on. And Lydia's like, walks in and is like, someone died here. And Jackson just goes, yeah, a lot of people have died here. And it was just 
funny because there are so many people have died in that sheriff station. Like the time that someone just went in there and just did a, oh, the Oni was just killing people left and right in yeah. season three in the sheriff station. Anyway, that made me. Well, laugh. I think the reason that I, the reason that I didn't find it as funny is because I think that I was in the same thought process as Jackson because Jackson hasn't really like Jackson wasn't in Beacon Hills for all of that, and so. And I wasn't thinking about all the scenes in the show where people have died in the sheriff's station. I thought he was just talking in general, people die in police stations. And so I just thought that was like just generic, cheesy, not that funny. Mm -hmm. But then when you were talking about it and you were like, wait, yeah, a lot of people have died in that sheriff's station that we've seen on the show. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, So, but that was pretty much all Jackson added, except towards the end, which we can talk about the teacher, too, that came back. Yeah. But when he was, like, giving Jackson shit. And then Lydia just has this, like, hero complex for Jackson. Always. Always. And I guess it's like you never forget your first love. I don't know, but. I I feel like they just had such a weird dynamic. Even, like, when he was on the show and, like, he was the canima and then. She just, like, would always protect him and love him still, and yeah. even though he was crazy. But, yeah, let's talk about the teacher, because you did not recognize him at all. No, not a clue. So, I recognized him. I couldn't pinpoint him exactly, but I did recognize him in the very first scene when he walks into the, what is it, the ramen shop? Yeah. Um, And asks for the jar with the Triskelion on it, and I... All you could see was, like, his chin and his mouth, uh, you know, coming out from the hood. And I did recognize him. Like, I could I could see his face. I But at first, I didn't realize that he was in Teen Wolf. I thought I was just recognizing the actor. Right. And then later, um, I kept seeing his face in my head. He hadn't come back into the movie yet. And then they were talking about who's at the fire and everything like that. And I was like, oh, my God, it was the teacher. Yeah. And um, so we were kind of talking about that. And then it turns out that he was a teacher in like seasons one through three. And I remember he was a chemistry teacher, but he had glasses on, which is probably why you didn't recognize him. Mm -hmm. So I just remember him like basically being such an asshole. Yeah. When I looked up who he was in the show and what he looked like during the show, I recognized him immediately. But I still forgot his whole like who he was in the show. Right. But then I like kind of read up on it and he was just like an asshole. And then he was used as a sacrifice for uh, the Duroc when that whole thing happened, which is what he was referencing in the movie when he was all pissed off at these teenagers. for. Right. Which I didn't remember. The movie reminded me of all of that. I just remembered him being the teacher and kind of being an asshole, which I thought was funny when he was being an asshole to Jackson again. Yeah. Because and then shot him. Yeah. It was just full circle moment. Yeah. Um, and, but... Yeah, the movie reminded me about, like, the nematon and the sacrifice and all that, because I didn't remember how... And the fire. Um, I don't yes. remember his involvement in that either. Yeah, so all these fires were happening, and the sheriff was looking in on it, and he was calling in Derek to help him. And then Lydia had the realization of, like, it was the same chemical combination that was used to burn down the Hale house. And then that got us talking while we were watching the movie because Lydia was like, well, whoever set that fire is dead, so it can't be them. Right. And then I was immediately like, oh, Kate Argent. And then you were immediately like, the science teacher. And I was like, 
what? I was like, what science teacher? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? I was like, Kate burned down the house. And then looking it up, Kate, like, had help from this science teacher to figure out the c- chemical concoction to burn down the house without anyone knowing how right. it started or whatever. So we were both right, and that was fun. But Yeah, and I do remember there were scenes with the chemistry teacher, like, I think I guess season two was when Jackson was the Canima. Mm-hmm. I remember scenes where like the Canima was at the school and like the chemistry teacher was there late at night and he was one of the targets, like all this crazy stuff. So he was like kind of yeah, he was a involved. Big, yeah, yeah. And then, which I think is another reason that was smart about you know not introducing too many new characters. Like they brought them back, which the the possibility of them coming back after he was supposedly murdered via sacrifice, which would the sacrifice had worked if he wasn't 100% dead? And right. how did that, how did he come back? Like, I don't know. Like, what is going on? It doesn't make any sense. The plot holes are just endless. Um, Speaking of, let's talk about Allison coming back. Oh my God, I know. Well, before we get there, the the Nugitsune like trapped them all in this lacrosse stadium. Uh-huh. And we got one of our favorite characters back. Yeah. Which we got Coach back. Which I love so much that they brought back Orny Adams. Like, he's so funny. He's so funny. He looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> Talk about someone that, like, fell back into their character. Yeah. Like, that was good. He's so good. And then Scott just all of a sudden decided to get people out of this area as they had to win the game. And then they <laughs> he said, put me in, coach. Like, what? That was insane. They could have just, like, pulled a fire alarm. Like. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um. But another thing that happened was Eli would was wearing Scott's old number, oh, 11. Yeah. And when it first came on screen, one of our friends who we were watching the movie with was like, oh, my God, isn't that, wasn't that Styles' number? And I, so fast. So fast. Said, no, Styles was 24. Like, <laughs> just whipped that out of we my pocket. We all started laughing, and I was like, Bailey had that ready to go. <laughs> Look, I know my man's jersey number, Okay. <laughs> But I thought it was cute that Eli was wearing Scott's number. But that whole scene was just weird. But the best part from it was when the other coach was like, who is that? He looks like he's 30. Yeah. And then coach goes, that? That's Greenberg. (laughs) And oh, my God. It was so funny because. I love a callback. We love a callback to Greenberg, especially the one character that we never saw ever. Oh, my God. It was great. Um. But yes, Allison. Okay, Allison. Okay. I just don't... I refuse to believe that, like... Which, belief, whatever. We're talking about werewolves and shit here. Right. But I refuse to believe that Allison was, like, in the in-between for 15 years. Right. What? Like... Like, I don't understand how that works. And then the fact that, like, okay, she's alive now. Sure. We brought her back. Great. Magic. Sure. Go mm-hmm. go with, go with the flow here. Is she not seventeen, the same age as when she died? Oh, yeah, you did say that when we were watching. I was it. like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you said it, and I was like, "No." And you were like, "Well, I mean, I know obviously not, but like, <laughs> but like, if she's been stuck, like at, in her head, wouldn't she be? Yeah, like when she died. Like, That's a are you question. aging when you're in the in between? Like, I don't. What are we talking about here? Well, she's got a lip filler doctor wherever she's going. <laughs> Yeah, she really does. Uh, No, Crystal Reed looked great. She also did a good job, but... Okay, hot take. I don't like Allison. Actually, it's not a hot take, because I've said it before. (laughs) I don't like Allison. I didn't like her and Scott together. I was, like, pleasantly fine when she died. 
<laughs> and I'm like, why are we bringing her back? And why is Scott still, like, obsessed with her? Yeah. I don't know. I think that it... God. Like, I'm not, like, her biggest fan either. I liked them together better than I liked him with Kira. See, I didn't really... You like Kira better? Um, I thought Scott and Allison at least had chemistry. Yeah, I guess... Really, I haven't liked Scott with pretty much anybody. I don't like anybody that they've brought in for him. Mm. I I think I was fine with him with Allison, but then when Allison and Isaac started having their thing, yeah. I was quickly off the Scott and Allison <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I've just I've there's never been anyone that I've been like cool with Scott being with, which yeah. is why I think he's had three different girlfriends in the show and I mean, it hasn't whatever. worked. But I think they were just trying to show like first love or true love or whatever and how desperately he wanted to bring her back as soon as it was a possibility and then he needed to help her remember her remember him and remember their relationship and then at the very end the thing that i don't understand again like how old is she has she been aging she didn't even have all of her memories until lydia screamed Mm -hmm. and then that begs the question of like does she have memories of Isaac and all of that? Because the way that she went from having no memory of Scott to having all of her memories back and then no words were spoken. They just kiss. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. And also when she died, she was kind of having her thing with Isaac. So wouldn't yeah. she be like, yo, where's Isaac, guys? Like, <laughs> But then she probably also remembered like her death scene. And she was like, I'm not in any pain. And she was also like, I'm in the arms of my first love. Like, oh, wait, that, oh, that was a sweet scene. Yeah. About are you that. kidding me? Yeah. That death oh. scene, that's like one of those heart-wrenching death scenes yeah, ever. Yeah, you're right. I just didn't care about it at the time. But it is sweet. Um, Well, one of my, one cheesy line that I'm glad they did kind of bring back <clears throat> with Scott and Allison when he was trying to get her to remember is he said, I, even when you broke up with me, like, do you remember when you broke up with me and I knew we were going to be together and you said, there's no such thing as fate. And he was like, do you remember what I said back to you? And then I feel like all of us sitting there were like on it. We were like, there's no such thing as werewolves. And I still, that, just saying that now gives me goosebumps. It's like such a cheesy line, but it's so sweet with like their relationship and that whole saying of like there's no such thing as fate and then him being like well there's no such thing as werewolves so like your argument doesn't stand you know (laughs) yeah and she said it back to him and it was just it was really sweet I feel like that was the moment when she started to trust him and was like oh well you're literally dying so let me like save you yeah and then they oh my god and then they (laughs) she had to burn out the wolfsbane on him oh yeah and she brings out a flare (laughs) oh yeah and you're trying to call back to motel california right now no that was rude that was that was like a knife to the heart and then they twisted it twisted it (laughs) the knife to the heart was not having dylan o'brien in the movie and then twisting it was bringing up motel california without styles like she was not the most important person in that scene are you kidding me what she wasn't even like on my radar in that scene it was scott and it was styles and then lydia jumps it like yeah and then lydia saves them yeah what was allison doing nothing nothing she was crying saying scott you don't have to do this okay thanks you're helpful (laughs) but scott you're my brother 
Yeah. That was because that was like one of the first. Um, it wasn't the first flashback. But it was one of the first ones. And they were doing cuts to the flare as if people who are watching this movie don't didn't remember, remember. Are you kidding me? Doing cuts to that scene. And that was the first time we didn't get a Dylan O'Brien flashback. And <sighs> that was when we were all like, oh, he's not in it. Yeah. But, I think that was the worst. like, don't give me flashbacks of scenes that I know he's in. Like, yeah, you want to you want to flashback Scott and Allison? Fine. You yeah. want to flashback to the ice skating rink? Fine. But like the flare scene? Yeah. No. That was the scene that I was talking about how we saw maybe his hand because we saw yeah. Styles grab the flare out of yeah. Scott's hand and put it in his hand. That was the hand shot we saw <laughs> with his like little red hoodie on that he had. Like <laughs> the fact that I know I just I can't. I know. Um but, And then we end with Allison shooting three arrows into Scott. <laughs> oh my god. Without um, hesitation, did she know he had that fox armor on? I don't know. Are you kidding me? I don't know, dude. No hesitation. No, like, eye contact. Nothing of Scott being like, it's okay, Allison, do it. Like, right. nothing. <laughs> Ugh, I just, honestly, Scott fell flat this whole movie yeah. with the lack of communication with literally anybody. He didn't even tell his mom that he was in town. Crazy. She had to find out by him carrying a naked Allison into the hospital. <laughs> Be like, oh, hey, mom, nice to see you. I haven't been home in five years. Well, Allison's what's up? alive. Yeah, and I think it's because he was just so, like, hung up on this Allison of it all. Yeah. Like, he didn't even care about the 15-year-old who doesn't have power, like, can't figure out how to turn. He didn't care about, like, some sort of arsonist going around. Like, nothing. All he cared about was getting Allison's memory back so he could yeah. not be lonely anymore. Stupid. Which is what, like, I want to co- I to go back to, like, that synopsis that we read and made all of our predictions on because it said like this new scary whatever villain brings everybody back but that's not what brought everybody back the possibility of allison being in between is what brought everybody back yeah to go and do the spell and shit at the name at the nematon and then the negitsune come like shows up and so it was just it just felt like the entire movie was about allison yeah and as someone who could care less about allison <laughs> I didn't like it. Obviously. <laughs> like, And then, they, yeah, and then what? They're just together now? Right. They just kiss at the end. And then, honestly, I don't even remember, like, the last scene. Oh, it was, well, Derek died for realsies. And then we get Derek's little funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, which, honestly, I didn't even like. This is what I'm saying is why I don't like that it felt like everything was focused on Eli was because... I was ready to sit there and cry and have everybody talk about Derek. And then yeah. we just cut and Sheriff Solinsky is going to go talk to Eli in the hallway. And I'm like, well, that scene was cute. And it was focused on Derek because Solinsky was telling Eli how the Jeep just never gives up and how he was comparing it to Derek. And then we got all the Derek flashbacks. That's when I cried. Yeah. When he was talking about how Derek was the one person that has literally gone through hell all the time and gets back up and is just resilient and has still lived a life and had a son and cares about you and it was like going through this whole thing and you just saw all these flashbacks from all the seasons of Derek and I was crying yeah like that was bum and but then Silinski gave him the jeep which I was like good give him Derek would hate it yeah absolutely um and then I think the very ending was Eli up on that cliff that we always saw Scott at and that was kind of like, and then the voiceover was saying something about how there's like always a new werewolf. There's yeah, and how there's always trouble in Beacon Hills. Yeah, and all that stuff. So it kind of set them up. I think they're gonna see what the ratings do, 
I think it set, is setting them up for a new show. Yeah. Focus Which on the ratings did good. I saw that it was the most streamed Paramount Plus original movie, which isn't saying much because Paramount Plus doesn't have much, but yeah. it got a lot of views that first night. Interesting. So, Would you it, watch the show if they did one? Uh, I would check it out and then I'd probably hate it. So <laughs> if I feel like... They would need, I don't know, what would the show be? Like, Stilinski would have to be in it. That's what I was thinking is, like, because, like, everyone that stayed in Beacon Hills, like, Stilinski, Parrish. Malia. Even Melissa. Melissa. Like, mm-hmm. they would all have to They would be have in to it. be in it. But there's no alpha. Like, Scott's not even there. How is Eli a part of his pack? He doesn't have an alpha. Right. Technically, he's a lone wolf. Like, he's out on his own. I guess. And his dad's dead. I just thought that was dumb that... Do you Derek. think, like, Stilinski's gonna take care of him or something? Like... Oh, God, I hope so. You know, like, he's an orphan now, like... Right. Well, we don't know what his mom yeah. is. Where's his mom? Maybe Peter will take him in? Also, Peter oh, God, and... Mal- Peter. <laughs> Peter and Malia had no conversations for being father and daughter. Yeah, I thought they made a lot of progress... They did. ...when the show ended, and then they were, like, cold silence to each other. Yeah. And One also- offhand comment about him being her father, and then she, like, rolled her eyes or something. Right. And, like, Malia had, like, no relationship with Derek or Eli when they're, like, cousins. Like, I thought they had kind of made some progress, too. The fact that Scott didn't, like, none of them really knew Eli, which I thought was weird, having been it's one of your best friends or someone you call your brother, his son, and you, last time you saw him, he was five years old? Like, what? Yeah. Also, I feel like time, well, they were saying it's been 15 years, right? That's why, how Derek had a son that no one knew about. Well, I don't think it's been 15 years. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because if you're doing math on Derek having a kid, he didn't have a kid in that last Well, I guess I was kind of assuming that, like, he didn't know that he had a kid. Oh, interesting. But, again, we didn't get any storyline on that. Like, we don't know who his mom is. We don't know, like, where, or I guess, I guess my thought process was Derek didn't know that he had a kid until later. But then we hear about how Eli couldn't turn, and he was really young when he saw Derek... Turn into a werewolf uh-huh. and scared him. And when they were telling that story, I was picturing Eli as like three years old. Right, like a baby, yeah. So then like, okay, Derek's been in his life since he was three years old. So right. yeah, it's been 15 years. That's crazy. I don't, I don't know. All of this for Allison seems unnecessary. If you ask me, this whole storyline ended at the end of season six. And yeah, that's and honestly, after all of that, as much as we wanted him in it, I think Dylan O'Brien was right. We didn't need this movie. Yep. They left it behind. Like, we didn't need it. Yep. I actually, I don't like, how do you think you would feel? Like, if Styles was in it and we had like some Styles moments and like Styles and Lydia were together and like maybe Derek didn't die, all yeah. of this, I feel like I would have been fine with. Sure, bring Allison back. That seems right, great. Right. Fight the Nagitsune again. You've done it before. With Styles. With Styles. Yeah. Like, I feel like if they they did that, I honestly feel like Dylan O'Brien could have saved this movie. <laughs> yeah. But I think he was right in the sense of, like, we didn't need it. Like, even if Dylan O'Brien was in it, I don't need it. No, 100%. And I think that, like, having Dylan O'Brien in it wouldn't really give us what we need either because we didn't get closure on, like, where any of the characters are going. Um, and there was zero talk about what they've been doing since the show. Mm-hmm. They just showed up after not speaking to each other for 15 years. I don't know. Like, it was just it was weird. weird. It was poor writing, in my opinion. Yeah. There were too many characters and too many plot holes. Yeah. And unnecessary. And you can't fill them all with a movie. 
Yeah. So I, I agree with your point about being a, a show. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a great, like, final season. Like, do yeah. a season seven. Like, do a Veronica Mars reboot. Like, do a whole season yeah. reboot. <laughs> yeah. And don't break up Styles and Lydia. Those are my two notes. <laughs> <laughs> Write them down. And don't kill Derek either. Maybe yeah. That would be great. Mm. Love that. And maybe, like, bring Liam in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. God. Anyway. So, right. yeah. Anyway, uh, closing that up, thoughts on the movie. <laughs> I mean, I think we said it. I mean, yeah, just not great, not horrible, but really not great and could have done without. And I would rate it like a five out of ten. Yeah, I was going to say maybe six, but that's generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't regret watching it. I felt it was very nostalgic. Right. I had a good time. I think it, I think they did pull together the nostalgia that we needed with like obviously bringing all the characters back sure but then the little notes of like lacrosse and the jeep and mm-hmm. the familiarity of it all but I don't know. It really just made me want to watch the show again. Same. Specifically show, season 3. Yeah, cuz <laughs> the show is better. Yeah. All right. Okay, show you player game. Yes, ma'am. What's the score? Just for Bailey one. Yeah. Which, in your defense, you've been getting some tricky ones, so. Yes. Okay. I'm still I'm still in this game, all right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try my best. Okay, okay, Jess. Okay. In which decade is the 2016 movie Hail Caesar set? A, 1930s, B, 1960s, C, 1980s, or D, 1950s? I don't know. <laughs> Can I get the 50-50? Sure. 1960s or 1950s? 1950s. Yeah, that's good. What? Correct. You're such a good guesser. It's just a guess. I know. I've never even heard of that movie. It's, um, isn't it a uh, Shakespeare play that they turned into a movie? Well, that's what I was confused about. When you said Caesar, I was like, all right, 1800, like 1600s. You know what I mean? So then when you started listing the 1900s, yeah. I was You're like... You're like, oh, I'm in the wrong yeah, decade. Yeah, I have no idea what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about right now. Okay. Okay, but I think you definitely have this one. Great. Who plays Jay Gatsby in the 2013 movie? Leonardo DiCaprio. Fabulous. Yes! Another on point board. on the board for Bailey. Love it. Well, we will see you next week. We're going to be talking about a rom-com that neither of us have seen before. So we're going to be getting into the Valentine's Day spirit. Getting in the mood. But until then, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We're at Subtitles On or Off Podcast, and we're on Twitter at S-O-O-O Podcast. And please rate, review, subscribe, all the things on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Let us know if you love us. Um, Leave us a comment and a review, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you hate us, you know, we don't don't want to know. (laughs) We absolutely do not want to know. See you next week. Bye. Bye!